0: This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. He is risen. Blessed Easter to you who have tuned in to watch this on an Easter Sunday. Today I will finally be breaking us from the Lenten cycle we have had of the sermons of St. Francis de Sales, and we're going to go to... The One of the greatest popes in all of history, St. Gregory the Great. His Easter sermon given on April 15th of the year 591 on Easter Sunday It is on the holy day of the resurrection. He's going to te- remind us that we must now pass from doing evil into a life of virtue that we may merit to see our Redeemer. Sermon on the holy day of the resurrection. It has been my custom, beloved brethren, to speak to you on many of the gospel readings by means of a sermon I had already dictated for you. But since I have been unable, because of the weakness of my throat, to read to you myself what I had prepared, I noticed that among you listen somewhat indifferently. So contrary to my usual practice, I shall for the future make the effort during the sacred solemnities of the Mass to explain the gospel, not through a sermon I have dictated, but by speaking directly to you myself." So for the future it shall be the rule for me to speak to you in this way. For the words which are spoken directly to sluggish souls awaken them more readily than a sermon that is read to them, moving them by that touch, as it were, of authority, so that they listen with more attention. I am not, as I well know, competent to fulfill this office, but let your charity make good what my ignorance denies me. For I have in mind him who has said, Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. We all have in mind a good work, and it will be perfected by his divine assistance. And also this great solemnity of the Sunday of the Resurrection gives us a fitting occasion for speaking to you. For it would indeed be unfitting that the tongue of our body should be silent in the praises that are due this day. That day on which the body of our author rose again from the dead. But you have heard, beloved, how the holy women who had followed the Lord came to his tomb, bringing with them sweet spices, so that with a tender affection they might tend him in death whom they had loved in life. And this tells us something which we should observe in the life of our holy church. And it is important we give attention to what here took place, to see what we might do to imitate them. And we also who believe in him who died truly come with sweet spices to his tomb when we come seeking the Lord, bringing with us the sweet odor of virtue and the credit of good works. But these women who came bringing sweet spices beheld angels. And this signifies those souls who, because of their holy love, come seeking the Lord, bearing the sweet spices of virtue, shall also see the citizens of heaven. Let us also take note of what it means, that the angel is seen sitting on the right side. For what does the left side mean but this present life, and the right hand side, if not eternal life? Because of this it is written in the canticle of canticles, His left hand is under my head, and his right hand shall embrace me. And so, since our Redeemer has now passed over beyond the mortality of this present life, tightly does the angel who had come to announce his entry into the eternal life sit at the right side, and he came clothed in white, for he was announcing the joy of this to our present solemnity. For the whiteness of his garments signifies the glory of our great feast, should we say ours? Or his, that we may speak truly, let us say, that it is both ours and his. For this day of our Redeemer's resurrection is also our day of great joy, for it is restored to immortality. It is also a day of joy for the angels, for restoring us to heaven. It has filled up again the number of its citizens. On this our festival day, and his an angel appeared, clothed in white robes, because they are rejoicing that, because we are restored to heaven, the losses their heavenly home had suffered are now made good. But let us hear what is said to the women who came. Be not affrighted. As though he said to them, Let them fear who love not the coming of the heavenly citizens. Let them fear who, steeped in bodily desires, have no hope of belonging to them. But you, why should you fear, meeting your own? Matthew, also describing the appearance of the angel, says of him. And his countenance was as of lightning, and his raiment as snow. Lightning awakens dread and fear. The white radiance of snow is soothing, for Almighty God is both terrifying to sinners and comforting to those who are good. Rightly then is the angel, the witness of the resurrection, revealed to us with a countenance like lightning, and his garments white as snow, so that even by his appearance he might awaken fear in the reprobate and bring consolation to the just. And rightly also, for the same reason, there went before the Lord's people in the desert a column of fire by night and a column of smoke by day. For in fire there is fear, but in the cloud of smoke the comforting assurance of what we can see, day also meaning the life of the just, and night the life of sinners. Because of this, Paul, speaking to converted sinners, says, For you were heretofore darkness, but now light in the Lord. So a pillar of cloud was set before them by day, and a pillar of fire by night. Because Almighty God shall appear mild of countenance to the just, but fearful to the wicked. Coming to judge us, he shall comfort the one by mildness of his countenance, terrify the other with severity of his justice. Now let us hear what the angel says. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus in the Latin tongue is saving, that is, Savior. Then, however, many were called Jesus by name, not because of the reality it means. So the place is added to make clear of what Jesus he is speaking, of Nazareth. And to this he adds the reason they seek him, who was crucified. And then he goes on. He is risen, he is not here. That he was not there was said only of his bodily presence, for nowhere is his absence in the power of his divinity. But go, he continues, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. Now we have to ask ourselves, why did he, speaking of the disciples, single out Peter by name? But had the angel not referred to him in this way, Peter would never have dared to appear again among the apostles. He is bidden then by a name to come, so that he will not despair because of his denial of Christ. And here we must ask ourselves, why did Almighty God permit the one who had placed over the whole church to be frightened by the voice of a maid servant, and even to deny Christ himself? This, we know, was a great dispensation of the divine mercy, so that he who was to be shepherd of the church might learn, through his own fall, to have compassion on others. God, therefore, first shows himself to himself, and then places him over others, to learn through his own weakness how to bear mercifully with the weakness of others. And well did he say of our Redeemer, He goeth before you into Galilee, there shall you see him as he told you. For Galilee means passing over, and now our Redeemer has passed over from his suffering to his resurrection, from death to life, from punishment to glory, from mortality to immortality. And after his resurrection, his disciples first see him in Galilee, as afterwards, filled with joy. We also shall see the glory of the resurrection, if we now pass over from the way of sin to the heights of holy living." He therefore who was announced to us from the tomb is shown to us by crossing over. For he whom we acknowledge in the denial of our flesh is seen in the passing over of our soul. Because of the solemnity of the day, we have gone briefly over these points in our explanation of the gospel. Let us now speak in more detail of the same solemnity. There are two lives, one of which we knew, the other we did not know of. The one is mortal, the other immortal. The one linked with human infirmity, the other to incorruption. One is marked for death, the other for resurrection. The mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, came and took upon himself the one and revealed to us the other. The one he endured by dying, the other he revealed when he rose from the dead. Had he then foretold to us who knew his mortal life, the resurrection of his body, and had not visibly shown it to us, who would believe in his promises? So, becoming man, he shows himself in our flesh. Of his own will, he suffered death. By his own power, he rose from the dead, and by this proof, he showed us that which he promises as a reward. But perhaps some one will say, Of course he rose, for being God, he could not be held in death. So to give light to our understanding, to strengthen our weakness, he willed to give us proof, and not of his resurrection only. In that hour, he died alone, but he did not rise alone from the dead, for it is written, And many bodies of the saints that had slept arose. He has therefore taken away the argument of those who do not believe. And let no one say, No man can hope that will happen to him which the God-man proved to us in his body. For here we learn that men did rise again with God, and we do not doubt that these were truly men. If then we are the members of the Redeemer, let us look forward to that which we know was fulfilled in our head. Even if we should be diffident, we ought to hope that what we have heard of his worthier members will be fulfilled also in his meanest members." And here there comes to mind what our elder brothers, insulting the crucified Son of God, cried out, If he be the King of Israel, let him come down from the cross, and we will believe him. Had he, yielding to their insults, then come down from the cross, he would not have proved to us the power of patience. He waited for the little time left. He bore with their insults. He submitted to their mockery. He continued patient and evoked our admiration. And he who refused to descend from the cross rose again from the sepulchre. More did it matter so to rise from the sepulchre than to descend from the cross. A far greater thing was it to overcome death by rising from the sepulchre than to preserve life by descending from the cross. And when uh, our elder brothers saw that despite their insults, he would not descend from the cross, and when they saw him dying, they rejoiced, thinking they had overcome him and caused his name to be forgotten. But now through all the world his name has grown in honor, because of the death whereby this faithless people thought they had caused him to be forgotten. And he whom they rejoiced over as slain, they grieved over when he was dead, for they knew it was through death he had come to his glory. The deeds of Samson, related in the book of Judges, foreshadow this day. For when Samson went into Gaza, the city of the Philistines, they learned he had come in, immediately surrounded the city and placed guards before the gates, and they rejoiced because they had Samuel in their power. What Samson did we know— At midnight he took the gates of the city and carried them to the top of a hill outside. Whom does Samson symbolize, beloved, if not this our Redeemer? What does Gaza symbolize, if not the gates of perdition? And what the Philistines, if not the perfidy of our so-called elder brothers, who, seeing the Lord dead in his body in the sepulchre, placed guards before it, rejoicing that they had him in their power, that he whom the author of life had glorified was now enclosed by the gates of perdition, as they had rejoiced when they thought they had captured Samson in Gaza. But in the middle of the night Samson, not alone, went forth from the city, but also bore off its gates, as our Redeemer, rising before day. Not alone went forth free from perdition, but also destroyed the very gates of it. He took away the gates and mounted with them to the top of a hill. For by his resurrection he bore off the gates of perdition, and his ascension he mounted to the kingdom of heaven. Let us, beloved, look with all our hearts this glorious resurrection." Which was first made known to us by a figure and then made known indeed. And for love of it, let us be prepared to die. See how in the resurrection of our author we have come to know his ministering angels as our own fellow citizens. Let us hasten on to that great assembly of these fellow citizens. Let us, since we cannot see them face to face, join ourselves to them in heart and desire. Let us pass over from evil doing to virtue that we may merit to see our Redeemer in Galilee. May Almighty God help us to that life which is our desire. He who for us delivered his only son to death. Jesus Christ our Lord. Who with him reigns one with the Holy Ghost forever and ever. Amen. That was a sermon of St. Gregory the Great. For Easter Sunday. In the year 591. A homily we will probably not hear from most priests today. Let alone from the man the world sees as Pope today. <laughs> but the message is clear. We are called to a greater life in glory with God. So let us cast aside the evil person that we all have the tendency to become. Sin being evil. And when we embrace sin, when we fall from grace, we embrace that life of evil. Let us all turn our backs to it. Make that our promise to ourselves and to God today. The only way to do that is of course, the more frequent use of the sacraments and to, really offer your sufferings in this life for your penance for yourself and for penance for others to seek sanctity to turn towards the lives of the saints and to care less about the things of this world easier said than done I know but the saints are our guide for this but let us rejoice on this Easter Sunday for he is risen And let us remember also that Easter is not a single day. It is, yes, it is a feast day today, but we are now entering the octave of Easter. But more than that, we are also entering the season of Easter. Let us rejoice and have a wonderful, joy-filled spring and season of Easter. And remember this lesson, that it is time for us to cast aside the evil in our life. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, as does sharing this on social media. It helps a lot, too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.